0: is with you, lift up your hearts. Grace and peace to you on behalf of Dean Robert Robert Allen Hill and the Marsh Chapel community as we are gathered congregation present in the nave at 735 Commonwealth Avenue in Boston, present in New England through national public radio WBUR 90.9 FM and present through internet and podcast around the world, live at WBUR.org. Dean Hill sends his regards from Pittsburgh, where he is celebrating the wedding of our own Nellie and Chris. We wish Nellie and Chris great joy of their marriage and traveling mercies to them and to Dean Hill, who will return to us tomorrow. I am Victoria Hart Gaskell, an elder in the New England Conference of the United Methodist Church, a chapel associate here at March Marsh, and the preacher of the day. Joining with me in reading the service are Allie Hoffman with Sari Hamilton as our cantor for the psalm. Our prayers are offered on our behalf by Kate Rogers and Michael Brown. The Marsh Chapel choir is under the direction of our own Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett and our own Mr. Justin Blackwell is our organist. We encourage your written and emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, your selection of personal forms of ministry, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us in worship. Today is the last Sunday of the Christian year. Christ the King, the Last Judgment, Hellfire, and the Kingdom of God all the fun stuff, right here this morning. So now, beloved, rise up, now and at the invitation throughout this service, in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, in the praise and worship of God. beloved let us pray together almighty and everlasting God whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son the King of Kings and Lord of Lords mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth divided and enslaved by sin may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. During the singing of the Kyrie, we are invited to confess and reflect upon all those things which separate us from God, from ourselves, and from our neighbors. Beloved, hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A
1: lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. With the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. The fullness of Him who fills all in all. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 195 with the Antiphon. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, the height of the mountains are his. The sea is his, for he made it and the dry land which his hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of our gospel.
0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food, you that are accursed depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels for i was hungry and you gave me no food i was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink i was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not give me clothing sick and in prison and you did not visit me then they also will answer lord The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Jesus tells this story to his disciples, the ones who have pledged their allegiance to him, the ones who are serious about following his leadership. He has already identified to them as the one who is the son of humanity. Now they are all on the way to Jerusalem, two days from their last Passover together. And now Jesus tells them what it will be like when he comes in his glory as king. But what a very strange king. A king who names as members of his family the hungry thirsty, stranger, naked, sick, and prisoner. A king who identifies with these least of these so strongly that what is done to them or not done to them is the same as doing or not doing to him. A king who hears the cry, Lord, from both those on his right hand and those on his left, but who makes it very clear who are the ones who really follow his leadership and the ones who do not. So how do disciples truly follow Christ the King? How do disciples inherit the kingdom? There are some things in particular for us this morning to note in Jesus' description of what disciples do. The first thing to note is that to follow Jesus apparently has very little to do with belief. Here there are no concerns for which atonement theory we hold, no care as to whether we come down on the side of free will or the side of predestination, no worry about how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. Beliefs are important as a starting point or as a framework And we come to a place like this university in part because we want to be changed in our beliefs. We want to educate ourselves. We want to interact with folks from other cultures and other belief systems. We talk about beliefs all the time, and we know how fleeting and fragile beliefs can be. Even though in his time he was not exposed to an average of 30,000 advertisements a day, whose sole purpose is to change our beliefs as often as possible, Jesus often knew how beliefs can change, how easy they are to talk about, how fragile and fleeting they are. To follow Jesus is not about money either, exactly. At least it is not about writing checks. Now, don't get me wrong, checks are good. Keep them coming, as many and for as much as possible. The more we spread money around, the more we give it, the more good happens in the world. And if we just write checks, we can be tempted to think that that is enough. That once the checks in the mail, we have done our bit. We have done all that is necessary to do Instead, part of what it is to follow Jesus is to take direct action. Feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, care for the sick, visit those in prison. We might wonder how best to do these things in any particular circumstance, we might wonder whether it would be, so to speak, better to give a person a fish for a day or to teach them to fish for a lifetime. But immediate and long-term approaches both meet people's needs and both help, and both give people hope. The important thing is to do something. But to follow Jesus as Lord is something more even than action. It is to allow transformation of oneself at a deep heart level. To somehow follow Jesus so closely we do not even know we are doing it. As we do for the members of Jesus' family as Jesus did, somehow we also recognize at a deep heart level in them the one who Mother Teresa called Jesus in all his distressing disguises. This recognition is born of a mutuality, a relationship, a companioning. It is to look each other in the face and to touch each other's hands as the drink, food, clothes are given. As the welcome stranger becomes a friend, as the sick and those in prison experience the healing and freedom of loving care. To follow Jesus is to realize that in these mutual relationships of companionship, our giving becomes receiving, and our receiving becomes giving. As we feed other people, we ourselves are fed. As we give drink, so our thirst is slaked. As we welcome the stranger, so we ourselves are welcomed." This is certainly true for us in our place and time, with a globalized economy, with slavery moving up from third to become the second most lucrative form of human misery on the planet. My School of Theology colleague Alex Froom in the school's weekly worship this week, reminded us in his sermon that to walk together with the least of these is to remember that those who work to feed us often go hungry, to remember that those who work to clothe us remain in rags, that those who provide our water often suffer from lack of clean drinking water themselves. To companion the members of Jesus' family who are marginalized and oppressed is to remember that in the complexities and complicities of our lives, all our lives are inextricably intertwined. Shane Claiborne is a co-founder of the intentional community, The Simple Way. He echoes John Wesley when he notes that it is not so much that wealthier Christians don't care about the least of these, it is that they don't know them. It is in relationships of mutuality and companionship that we all become members of Jesus' family. We all inherit the kingdom. And who knows how far it will go? Jesus tells us that both the life and the fire are eternal. Now debate rages across the Christian spectrum as to whether or not heaven and hell are real or metaphorical places, whether we, create themselves for our, whether we create them for ourselves in either or both this world and the next, or whether or not the judgment itself shocks us into one or the other place. All this, thank goodness, is beyond the scope of this sermon. Otherwise, we would be here for the next 20 years instead of the next 20 minutes or so. But Jesus' story does seem to indicate pretty clearly that, what it, is, it, is that it is what we do in this life that matters. And that what we do in this life has far-reaching conf- consequences beyond whatever we can see or even imagine not just for those we recognize as Christ, but for ourselves as well. Before she was called to move, my friend Lucy was a volunteer in an after-school tutoring program. The program was funded by her wealthy white church, of which Lucy was a reasonably wealthy white member. The program took place in an inner-city neighborhood. It was the kind of place where the children informed the program's volunteers that the drug dealers on this block were our drug dealers. They were good. But those drug dealers on the next block over, they were strangers, and you had to watch out for them. It was the kind of place that gentrification and most government services actively avoided. The after-school program was overseen by the street-smart and fierce African-American and Latina mothers who had banded together to resist the systemic evil around them. Not only had they brokered the deal for the after-school program with the wealthy white church, they had also brokered the deal with the neighborhood gangs to leave the not-at-all street-smart volunteers alone. So Lucy went two or three times a week to tutor in reading. One of the children she worked with was Desiree. Desiree was in third grade at the time, daughter of one of the fiercer African American mothers. Desiree herself was shy and quiet, and already seriously below grade grade level in reading. According to the school, she was a bad reader. She was also considered slow but the tutoring taught the way that Desiree learned. And she and Lucy worked well together, so that at the end of a semester, Desiree had advanced a whole grade level in reading, and she was beginning to blossom. One day as they worked, Lucy noticed that Desiree kept giving her little looks out of the corner of her eye. Sure enough, At the end of the afternoon, just as they they had finished packing up for the day, Desiree came and stood in front of Lucy, who was sitting. Desiree very gently touched Lucy's hands with her own and said in a voice of quiet wonder, you have two hands just like me. Then touching Lucy with gentleness and care, Still with that voice of quiet wonder, Desiree went on. You have a mouth, just like me. You have a nose, just like me. You have two eyes, just like me. You have two ears, just like me. You have hair, just like me. Then she was quiet for a minute, looking intently into Lucy's eyes. And then Desiree smiled a radiant smile, gave Lucy a first quick hug, said goodbye and danced off to greet her mother who had come for her. Meanwhile, Lucy continued to sit. She was shaken to her very core she realized that neither she nor Desiree had ever before been close enough to a member of the other's race even to begin to have that kind of recognition and exchange of wonder. But because of their companionship in the tutoring program, Lucy and Desiree were able to recognize each other, and their relationship changed their lives. Lucy began to explore and deal with her privilege and inherent racism, to transform them to awareness and appreciation of difference. She began to offer herself with respect and love as a companion in the resistance to systemic evil, especially with regard to mothers and children. And the last Lucy heard from Desiree Desiree was a year ahead of her grade level in reading and moving ahead of that. Her mother reported that Desiree was now the one to keep up with in school and in her social life. The question is not where will we spend eternity? The question is where will we spend the next 24 hours? Will it be in a place that we construct out of acts of recognition and companionship and mutuality as we follow Jesus? Or will it be in a place we construct out of denial, in which we call him Lord, but do not do what he did and do not companion the members of his family? The choice, the eternal choice, is ours. If we make the choice for recognition and mutuality, it does not have to be a burden. Next week, we begin to wait for and celebrate the fact that Christ the King begins with us as a tiny baby. So this Sunday, that same Christ the King will not mind if we begin with baby steps and continue to grow. We do not have to go it alone. We join with those who are already members of Jesus' family and those who join with us in our joining of them. We do not even have to deny our deepest selves. As Howard Thurman encourages us, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. To construct a place of recognition and mutuality needs every gift and fruit of the spirit given to us. It needs folks from every discipline this university can offer and then some. It needs and invites every single one of us here this morning. What would the next 24 hours look like? What would this world look like if we acted like Jesus? If we acted out of our own come-alive selves? From those on the right hand and those on the left, the question came, when did we see you, Lord, and when did we care or not care for you? And the answer came, when you did not recognize all the members of my family as me and as you. When you did recognize all the members of my family as me and as you. Amen.
3: Seated. We now come to the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, lead me Lord. join me in this responsive interfaith prayer shaped by the liturgical reformed and jewish traditions i will set the intention and say god in your mercy please respond hear our prayer for the fullness of life we give thanks O god as we pray for ourselves we pray for all people made in your image to know life in all its fullness god in your mercy hear our prayer O God, when in positions of power or privilege, it can be easy to ignore injustice. Remind us to use our authority with wisdom and work to reverse any exploitation and prejudice against your children. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, remind us that you are the primary shepherd and we are called to worship you with how we live, including our actions towards others. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you recognize those who extend love for love's own sake, not for merit or recognition. Remind us, Lord, that your love shows no distinction and Christ is always present when we extend our love. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the countries and continents from which we come and from which our neighbors come in their struggles and accomplishments, in their suffering and hope. We pray for people everywhere without a home, without family, without jobs, and without a voice. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, let us not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Remind us we are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are we free to abandon it. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
4: Peace of the Lord be always with you. My name is Rachel Cape, and I am the Director of Hospitality here at Marsh Chapel. We welcome you once again to the name, of, and we hope that you will take a moment to help us get to know you better so that we can help you get to know one another better by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew. This coming week is Thanksgiving, and the chapel offices will be closed beginning November 24th through November 26th. Regularly scheduled activities will resume with the 11 a.m. service on Sunday. On Thanksgiving Day, the BU School of Theology Student Association and March Chapel are hosting a Thanksgiving meal from 2 to 5 p.m. All are welcome to attend, and if you are interested in volunteering, um, you can see me or Bethany Hutchin. For all other upcoming services and activities, we would encourage you to keep an eye on the chapel website, bu.edu slash chapel, where you may also find the opportunity for online giving. Now walk in love as Christ loved us, and offering and sacrifice to God.
5: With the spirit of thanksgiving, we lift up these gifts, O Lord. May they be directed to your good work as we are led to love and serve you more. Amen.
0: Now, beloved, let us go from this place in peace to be companioned and to be companions as members of Jesus' family. In the name of that one who makes us, who loves us, who keeps us in everything, amen.